Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 146 of the Unholy Sanity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. As Jason Derulo once sang, I'm, I'm riding solo um, in terms of the, the Unholy Sanity members. Lee's off doing his, uh, his best to use his impression again. He's, he's over in, in Tuscany and and PC's he's a busy, busy man when it comes to work. But I'm delighted to say the unofficial fourth member of John Holy Trinity joins me tonight. Phil, Phil Haywood, how are you, mate? I know you're busy, fussy training. It's uh, it's all kicked off for yourself, hasn't it? No, thanks for having me again, Mike. I was just thinking that when you were saying that, I don't remember the last time um, when I was on when I, when the three Musketeers were all together. Um, I'm a good substitute, but uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate you asking me to come on again. And like I said. Football season's mad. I'm out as soon as work finishes, straight out. One or two training sessions a night now, so it's back back to the routine. That's it, mate. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where they've been obviously the summer's been there, uh, been busy. I think for us all, travelling wise, um, Lee's always going going to a variety of countries. Um, so it's it's one of those where it's great to have to have you on. Great to have you. Discussing the blues and and hopefully you know it's uh, another another positive show for ourselves as well. But let's let's dive let's dive straight in if we can because obviously we had the um, we had the week off didn't we? No no game last weekend uh, due to the the death of the of the queen. Um, so that that then meant that the game at Arsenal didn't didn't happen. And obviously we were sort of in limbo yet again with with this weekend in terms of whether our game was going to go ahead. And and I'm delighted to say that, that it is. And yeah. I know that you know, judging by the the reaction on on social media, Evertonians seem to be quite positive at the moment. I think based on what we've seen in 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 the last few weeks, the last few games, we can see that that things are are certainly that you know that plan that you know Frank Lampard is. Been there for a little while now, and and you know he's certainly now looking to move us forward, and you know his his style of play, his tactics are starting, I think, to to really take hold. But yet again, you know, before we discuss the West Ham game, we have been hit with another pretty big injury, really, haven't we? You know, Jordan Pickford this time is is the player who's who's going to miss three to four weeks back after the international break. Um, how much of a blow is that feel to lose Jordan Pickford after obviously the the form he's been in so far this season? Oh, I, I think it's um, the worst possible injury you can get, Mike. To be fair, I think when um, for the last eighteen months, going on two years, he's been performance wise, he's been outstanding. And since Lampard's coming, he's he's really turned into a, a massive leader. And he's matured a lot as well. Obviously, remember his days when he used to play up at Newcastle. He was involved in sort of the crowd and and things like that. But um, I think his level of maturity now, he's 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 one of the, the senior figures now. Obviously 
in the international stage as well. But I, I think losing him is worse than losing Calvert Lewin, and because and and other like the Corey and people like that mean it because obviously it's just a massive void um, to to fill. And I know you, you can argue Calvert Lewin's is, but you know you, you do have players you can chip in with with goals and things like that. But the goalkeeping position, as you'll know, even more so, maybe a, a beginning goal yourself at times. It's just it's a pivotal position now, and and and, and like I said, he, he starts attacks, he he calms us down a lot with his, with big saves and big moments. Um, is talking obviously he's been the captain this season with Seamus not 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 playing many minutes, um, and obviously the backup. Although you know, as as Mia Begovic is a decent backup, you would think from years years gone by, you still worry. Uh, well, I tend to anyway when when Jordan's not not in between the sticks. Most definitely, and like you say, you know he's been he's been captain so far this season. Um, certainly one of the leaders of the side, and and his form has been has been very very good for, for the last probably 12, 12, 18 months. He's been a lot more consistent. I've said it, you know, quite a few times over the course of, of that time about how how much he he's become a consistent performer. And you know, we he had a, an exceptional game in the Merseyside derby. Uh, so to lose to lose him is like you say, it's it's probably. Comparable, if not if not worse than losing than losing Dom, to be honest, and it's it's a big it's a big game now. Or you know, for for Begovic to come in, we know obviously we have seen him a few times um, since he signed for us last season. Um, he's played obviously mainly mainly cup games, but has you know he has played league games when when Jordan had a, had an injury last season. Uh, but it's, it's a big big game for him to come in. You know, and when you've been sitting and watching for so long, it's a hardest hardest position to deputise for me. Exactly. You know, as a goalkeeper, you, you, every player likes to play to play themselves into form. So as a goalkeeper, when you're constantly watching, you know, for for 95, 98% of the time over the course of a season, to, to be ready is is a big big ask. Um, so it's it's a big game for for Begovic, of course, but. You know, we, we've had to dip into the into the uh, into the free transfer market as of as of today. Uh, with the with the sign of Eldin Yakup, I can't say his name, Yakupovic. So he's a former former Leicester uh, Hull City goalkeeper. Um, didn't really get any game time at Leicester. I can't profess to know a great deal of, about him. I do remember him slightly for his time at Hull. And based on what I've what I've read, Phil Hull, Hull fans who've obviously reacted a little bit to the news today said when he was playing for them, as much as obviously they weren't a great side. They, they wouldn't have even got past 30 points if it wasn't for him. Okay. So, you know, there's a little bit of um, a little bit of positivity there, but obviously 37 years of age now. Um, his contract is only until the end of December, from what I can make out across various various websites. Um, Jordan Pickford and Andy Lonigan both both are due back, say, three, three to four weeks. Um, but you don't you don't you don't see him playing any kind of major part in in the in between the sticks do we before you know between now and the end of end of December. No, I th- I just think he's there obviously as a stopgap just in case, you know, Touchwood anything ever happens to Begovic really. And I think he won't be anywhere near it other than that. Uh, maybe come along with the team to do the warm ups and stuff. But well that's what you would hope anyway. Um but like you were saying about Begovic, it's it must be and you don't realise it um unless you are a keeper that Unless Pickford has a drastic uh, run of poor games, you'd still imagine Pickford would still play. So to come in off a one or two uh, game opportunity, knowing full well 
that you're not going to be longevity with a month or two of games. Uh, it must be hard mentally as well, um, I, you know, t- to focus. But, you know, he's got the experience there, Begovic. Um, and obviously Lonergan's now now got a, an injury. But no, um, I, I, th- I think, like you said, he's just there as a stopgap and he'll be there. Um, what says the end of December, did you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, according to the transfer market, that says to the 31st of December. I mean, oh, it, it, it just it just says, obviously, in the media, um, on Everton's website, a, a short-term contract. So it's not going to run to the end of the season, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So that makes that makes sense, I suppose, with obviously the World Cup kicking in sort of mid, mid-November, really, isn't it, until mm-hmm. until Boxing Day. So... So yeah, he's just on a on a short term deal. Um, but a bit surprised, Phil. We didn't we didn't go in for for Ben Foster. Whether you know that would have been somebody we could have we could have looked at, or maybe the fact that he likes to put a GoPro on the back of his goal and yeah. he's got his own podcast, doesn't he? That's <laughs> particularly well with the with the powers that be. But he, he was he was certainly for me would have been an option on a short term deal. It would have made sense. I think he's a northern lad as well, and um and with him, I'm surprised he hasn't even got a club because I know he's. I think he was training with either Birmingham or West Brom with his former clubs just to keep fit, but they haven't took the option to even take him. So, no, I was surprised that no one's on ourselves weren't looking at that, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we don't know, obviously, whether the club have gone to him and, and he said he wanted more than a, you know, a sort of two or three month deal. That, that could be the case, I suppose. But he, he was certainly one one player um, who, who I thought of when there was there was talks of maybe dipping into the free transfer market for a goalkeeper. But, um, on the on the flip side, on, on the positive side, obviously we, we found out that uh, this this was obviously leading up to what would be in the Arsenal game that, that both Dominic Calvert Lewin and, and Adelaide Corey are back, the fit, they're in full training, should be in the squad obviously for, for this weekend's game against against uh, West Ham. How much of a positive is it to have both those two players back? Do you think, especially I know we've got obviously the international break coming up now, but just to make the squad look that little bit stronger. It's absolutely you know massive for a squad. If you're if you're a player training, you see they're not just youth lads or you know loanees or young lads. The the full established players and and internationals. Do you know what I mean? So bringing them back in, um, especially after a positive result against Liverpool. Now I was a bit gutted the game got called off against Arsenal, obviously with the circumstances. But when you're on a bit of form, unbeaten as well, um, it would have been nice to took that into Arsenal. But to not play, to not lose any points, any ground, and then bring the Corey and Calvert-Lewin back into to training is an absolute fantastic bonus. I can't remember a squad we've had, maybe Martinez, maybe Moyes, where when you look to the bench and you've actually got players who can change a game and not just bodies, if that makes sense, that can come on when, in tricky moments and, and change a game. And um, they're definitely players that will it will make the players lick the lips and think, you know, we all need to pull our weight now because anyone can take anyone's place, really. And it's just, it adds lots of competition to the squad. And I think that without positive the start we've made, although we haven't won, I know it sounds really strange to say that, but... You can see when Lampard brought these players in, the plan, what was there. You can see the performances have been very solid and you can see it's we're not there yet, but we will get there eventually. And we are playing against um, decent sides, i.e. Brentford at their place is a tough place to go. Leeds as well under the lights, very tough place to go. And then one of the best teams in Europe, um, you know, to concede only two goals 
and be unbeaten against those three sides. If you told me that before the Brentford game, I would have laughed in your face, really. So you can see that we are on the right path. But adding the Corey and Calvert Lewin back to that is only going to, you know, build a lot more confidence within the group. Yeah, I was sitting there before thinking about obviously what what our bench could be like on Sunday, and for the first time probably this season, I'm thinking, you know, like you say, then there's going to be players on the on the bench who can come on and and make a difference, and you know, whatever the circumstances in the game. So if you look at from sort of back to front, take the goalkeeper out of out of the equation, you've got Seamus Coleman who's a club captain. You've got Ruben Van Lagray, who obviously is an able deputy to, to uh, Mikhailenko. Michael Keane can't really get a look in, but he, he'll be on the bench. You know, a solid enough centre-half. Yeah, yeah. Centre-mid options on the bench could could very well be Alain Decore, Tom Davis. Three players who, in you know the last couple of seasons, are, are the ones that we've really turned to, to, yeah, to yeah. be playing. Throw into that as well James Garner, another one. Yeah, who, fine, yeah. You know, another lad in, in that position who... Obviously, unproven to, to us yet in the Premier League, but had a very good season of Forest last season mm. and, and has, has, has earned some some rave reviews there. And even in the four positions, you, you look at the fact you've got Dwight McNeil probably going to be on the bench. You'll have Dominic Calvert-Lewin probably on the bench as well. Um, so all of a sudden, that, that bench looks a little bit a little bit stronger. And like you say, the, the mind you, you know, against Leeds, he, he turned out and looked at the bench and thought, there's nothing there. I, I can't make a change here that can influence this game in one way or another. Whereas now, you can look at it and think, you know what? I've got options there. If I need to see a game out, I've got the likes of, of Alan, Michael Keane, obviously the, the two the two other lads, uh, Coleman and Van Agri. If I need to go and chase a game, I've got the likes of, of Dominic Calvert-Lewin and um, Dwight McNeil to come on. And even the likes of, you know, James Garner, Adelaide Decore, who can, you know, progress things from midfield and join up with the attack. So, it's it's the first time this season, and for quite a while actually, that I'm thinking, you know what, we're looking like a a bit more of a, a more rounded squad, and we're still missing our first choice keeper and potentially two first choice centre halves in in Yamina and, and Ben Godfrey and Holgate as well, yeah. And of course, Holgate, you know, who started the season. To be fair, he started the season I thought really well and deserved to, to be starting to be starting games. So. As much as obviously there's three centre halves there and a goalkeeper, they're all three solid players. You know, right. as I say, yeah. it's they, they all add, add a lot to the squad. And you know, you've got England's number one, Everton's number one injured. You've got first choice, obviously Colombian centre half in Yamina, and two really strong young English centre halves as well. Who, who, to be fair, as I say, Holgate started the season really well. And we'd all be starting Ben Godfrey, I think, if we if we were having having three centre halves. So it's it's testament, I think, to the work that's been done by both manager and, and Kevin Selbell over the course of the summer to, to get these, what was it? It's nine players now, if you include yeah. obviously the goalkeeper, get those players in and, and ship out the players who who were offering very little to that squad. Um we, we were seeing, you know, for a handful of minutes, who were earning a lot of money. So, as I say, credit to the manager and the director of football for, for getting that work done. Absolutely, Mike. I think you're spot on. I think when you think about when you, you know, from being one of the weakest benches in past seasons to potentially one of the the more established and stronger benches, and I was one of those uh, fans and people who who was really against the five substitutions, um, and that's because of the weakness we've had on the bench for the last few years. But when you put it like that. And periods again, because West Ham, you know, obviously they don't, I'll probably put the, the jinx on this, but they've got Europe Thursday um, and then they don't tend to do particularly well. 
the, uh, the, the Premier League game the that weekend. You could potentially change shape with Vinagre, Coleman, you know, um, you, you know, Alan, but then going forward with McNeil um, and obviously Don. So when it look when it looks going for you and the fact that and we need the look, we deserve the look with a, a stronger bench. Then I'm all for the five subs. It, it probably it's a good thing when you think about it because it gives uh, them more chances of playing um, in different systems. Um, and, and honestly, when when you when you see like so West Ham, he's done very well there, Moyes. But a year or two ago, I've been fearing this game. I'm actually very confident in the way that we've started and the options that we do have. Um, that and and I, like you said, you've got to give huge credit to to Lampard, Farwell, the backroom staff because it, it wasn't just changing getting a forward, and it wasn't just changing you know a, a centre half or two. Or it was the complete wages and. You know the bad eggs, so to say, um, in in the group, or or players be a bit ruthless that weren't good enough for us, and changing the whole philosophy of the team. Um, it's a huge. I don't think they've had enough credit, really, because like I said, when the players, when you when you we signed Tarkowski and Cody, you say, I can see why he's done that, or you know, got bringing Garner back. I can see why he's done that. Where it hasn't been a scattergun approach where Chelsea have done, which reminds me when when we had. Uh, Cumin. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's very much that's very much the case for me. But th- this this West Ham game for me is is a real real intriguing one. To be honest with you, I know it's only early in the season, uh, but we're just going to take a short break and we're going to discuss that in about thirty seconds. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast. And, and like I mentioned, it's you know all eyes on Sunday now. Goodison Park, West Ham United, they're in town and. Obviously, Phil, you just mentioned there about David Moyes, obviously being there for, for quite a while now when it comes to your modern Premier League manager. You know, we know how long he was at, at Goodison Park for, of course, but, you know, you, we used to have the established managers, didn't we? The likes of Alex Ferguson, Wenger, Moyes, with, with, with Everton. Um, whereas now, you know, if, if managers sort of get to four or five years, they, they, they're doing well. But Moyes, obviously, it's his, his second stint at West Ham, but being there for a little while now, uh, built it. A really strong squad. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd argue, you know, the the squad that he's that he's put together there is is certainly the best of his time at West Ham. Um, haven't started the season particularly well. It's got to be said in terms of results, same number of points as, as ourselves, but below us because of the uh, the, the goal difference. I think the, the three goals worse off than, than ourselves. But they've they've certainly. I think they've they've, they've still brought in some some real. Real quality this um, this summer. If you, if you look at the likes of uh, Paquetta, was he he's, he's from from Leon? Yeah. Um, obviously Mac- Maxwell Corney, who we were heavily linked with and, and spoke to, and, and we're, we're pretty close. I think at one point to, to getting him in. Um, he's he's signed uh, for them as well. Obviously, you've got the likes of Declan Rice, who we know how, how good he is and how much he's progressed in in recent years as well. Um, but like you like you said before the break, Phil, you know. Over the last couple of years, we were probably dreading this kind of match against West Ham. You know, coming coming to Goodison Park, and we weren't in the, in the best of the best of moments. Um, people will argue that we're not now, but we we know as Evertonians, we we can see we can see something. I think that something is clicking. Um, I I'm looking forward. I can't wait to get to get to the ground on Sunday. I really can't. And I said before on Twitter, you know, I, I can feel that the sort of positivity from Evertonians who. They're all, they're all, they all feel the same. They just can't wait to get back there. 
probably having that little week off has, has probably done us a bit of a favour, like you said, in getting these these players back another week week's worth of training under the belt for, for Dom, for for the Corey, for, for it's just a guy like as well, who we know is is working his way up to up to full fitness. Uh, but but are you sensing that obviously that that positivity is there and, and fans really are keen to get to get back to Goodison? Absolutely, Mike. I do. I, I, I have obviously went to to Leeds and obviously the Derby and things, and I thought then um, we're building something here, it, and we are a team who's going to get a hiding from us um, in the next you know few fixes. And I was looking forward and I thought West Ham not in a bit of great form. I always think he can get at West Ham. I do think the danger's going forward. They've got lots of different kind of players going forward, like your Bowens, your Antonios, and things like that, and different styles. But I always feel he can get at West Ham. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago when we, we I think, Bernard scored a quite a cute goal, and I think Sigurdsson scored as well. And they look like they gave up at sometimes a, a match for West Ham, where I think they, they, they part they themselves or slightly think they're better than us especially after the last season of Europe. But I think with the excitement, and again, like I said, it's, it's strange to be excited and not have got a, a win yet. But us as Evertonians know what we're trying to build and what is, you know, getting put on that pitch. And like, and that's what I think a team will deserve a hiding soon and will get that hiding. It's, and like you said, it will, is it because with Dom coming back into Corey, more positive, it seems to be lots of positivity. Um, obviously, minus the Pickford, but I do think you can get at West Ham. I, th- I don't know, if, Mike, if they're away on Thursday or home. I'm, I know they're playing. Yeah, they're, they're away. They're sort of travelling to um to, to Denmark, aren't they? Um, so they're going away to to Southport, Denmark. Obviously, it's not a really journey, but it's still it's still a Thursday night game. Obviously, yeah. travelling over there, travelling back late Thursday night into Friday morning. Probably recovery session Friday, in, and then probably a mini sort of training session Saturday before they travel up to Liverpool. So it's it's not ideal, as we know ourselves from previous seasons and playing in Europe. Those Thursday nights, as much as you obviously you want to be involved in the European competition, for the opposition and for ourselves, we've got to look at that and think, you know what, they're going to have to be making changes here. And those who those who do play in in Europe on Thursday. Some of them will play against ourselves, and you know they're the ones who are going to tire. You'd think so. We've got to we've got to look at that and try and take advantage. I think. Well, as well, like I, people always used to say to me, you know, why do people moan about the Europa League and the Champions League and the days are different? And and it's psychological. If you don't start a season well, and you're playing the Thursday, know full well you're playing the Sunday, and teams in the Premier League around you play the Saturday, and they're winning. It puts more pressure on you again on the Sunday, and like you said, Mike, you know they'll be itching to get a decent result because the form has not been great, and they'll have a few players there who will probably play on the Sunday as well. So, um, will they put a lot into that? Who knows? Um, obviously with their European tour last year, they absolutely loved them. Obviously, something we would love to do again because you know I love love the European away get days. Um, so again, I do think you can get at West Ham. I do believe they will have a lot of players who. Who will play Thursday and, and like you said, the logistics of travelling back and light training sessions and, and travelling up to, to Liverpool could work in our favour. And then, you know, you look ahead then in the fixtures and Southampton next, you know, another team who who are up and down in form. They can be brilliant one week and then lack of experience, I think, a lot this year, Southampton, but another team you can get at. So you just, I think we start Sunday, get a positive result, positive performance. Um no, and I, I think we'll I think we'll be we'll be really good. And again, like you said, I'm buzzing for it. I can't wait. 
But I think I think we've got to as well. We've got to what, go into this international break with that win as well. I know yeah. some people say it's, it's a momentum killer, and I agree, especially if you're, you're winning week in, week out, or you're unbeaten. It can really sort of knock you. We've been there before ourselves where, you know, our momentum was, was certainly impacted. Um when when we were winning games, was it was it under under Carlo, was it when we yeah. when we when we went to Southampton and 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 we lost after an international break. So we know what it can do. Uh, but we also, you know, I think we've got some momentum already doing. And again, this will sound strange to some people, but like you mentioned earlier on, you know, to, to come away unbeaten with two away games at Brentford and Leeds and a Merseyside derby against probably the second best side in the league and one of the best sides in, in Europe. Despite recent recent showings uh, against against Napoli, they're still you know they're, they're a quality side in a game that we we discussed it on the show obviously post post derby but you know we could have won the game they could have won the game we had some we had some really good chances and for a side where you know we, we think we we may struggle to create chances we had some really really Definitely, good, yeah. you know guilt held edge opportunities which we didn't take so I think that the signs are there that the positivity is there there is momentum there. A winner be great, you know. A winner be great. But like you say there, Mike, as well. And I said before to concede two goals in those three games, and you know, before and after Brentford beat Man United by four, and then they beat by five. Who they they played Leeds? They battered Leeds five, and we end. All right, on another day, Brentford could have been three or four up at half time, but they weren't. And I think, I think Everton enjoy defending now as well, where. When Warren used to go and used to look at the players and they were broken, you could see they were, you know, brittle. But now, you know, you can see they enjoy the tenacity of defending. They, they love the counter-attacks. They, and like you said, there's a real positivity. Um, and people almost, I say it to me Liverpool, they say, how can you be positive? You don't want a game. But they don't understand, you know, watching the games. And you can see why they're playing certain players or a certain system. And But to concede two goals in those three games is, is a massive you know, plus because years gone by, we could have had no points and conceded three in each of those games. So, um, I, I believe, like I said repeatedly, you know, West Ham is a game we're all looking forward to, and um, I just can't wait to get back into my seat. To be fair, yeah, we, we, we I think we say we all we all feel the same, and um, it's it's one it's it's certainly that that era of positivity is certainly back. Um, and I said it, said it the other week as well. You, you start to see now we're not, we haven't just brought in bodies. We've brought in some quality as well, and and that that's exciting. You know, seeing the likes of Onana play really well in the Merseyside derby. You know what Aziz Agana game is all about. Seeing Neil Mopey, you know, run over 11, 11 uh, kilometers during the game against Liverpool as much as he was getting played at a minute. I don't think this this mm-hmm. season. And uh, so for a player to do that shows you. Yeah, that there's a will there within the side. There's there's competition, especially in the middle of the park. Um, and the players now know if, if if they don't perform, they've got someone breathing down and neck who can come in and take and take the position. Absolutely. And that's really important. But that positivity is definitely there. I I, I certainly can't wait for, for Sunday to come. Um and 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 sign another one of those pies from the fan zone because they're <laughs> also quite special. Um I've had the chicken and veg and the scouts one, so I'm, I'm working my way through the repertoire <laughs> there as well. So, so yes, it's uh, all eyes on Sunday now, certainly is. But what are you saying, Phil? What's your prediction for the game? I'm going to say two 0 Mike. Positive, clean sheet and two goals will be will be ideal and a, and a good way to to finish things off before the international break. I, I think we'll win. I think it's going to be a, 
quite an open game. I'm going to say three-one. Ever, I can I can see us. I think we think we're threatening. We're threatening to score more than more than one goal in the game. To be honest, um, they are dangerous. West Ham, the likes of you know Antonio is always a danger, big yeah. strong lad. Um, you know we've mentioned other other quality as well. But I think Everton win the game. I'm going to say three-one. Um, I, I can see. See O'Nara breaking his duck. I think he's uh, he's gonna he's gonna score himself. But any we'll take any any win, of course we will. Um, and then I'll have, have a little mini break before we we start things off again against Southampton. But that's all for today's show. It's just just a, a bite-sized edition with obviously so much to and fro with fixtures and and things like that. But it's great to have the Blues back at the weekend. Phil, thanks for for coming on. A, a quite short notice as well. I really appreciate it. No thanks again, mate. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. And we will be back ourselves uh, post West Ham to, to look back on that game. Fingers crossed for Everton's first first win of the Premier League season. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.